I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I reference the fact that I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher in the intro to every podcast to date, and yet I don't think I've ever devoted an entire podcast to the subject itself, Reiki that is. And before you think that this topic is fairly human-centric, I'll tell you, just like everything else on this planet, animals are much better in my experience, had both receiving and facilitating Reiki in return than humans are, by far. Because Reiki is an intention-focused channeling of ki, spelled K-I, and pronounced ki as in lock and ki, meaning universal life force energy, animals have that down pat as their way of being, so much more than your average human, myself definitely included in that group. I've learned so, so much from animals about Reiki and my sharing with them. And and a few stories come to mind, just to pique your interest. Two of them being when I was actually a newly minted Reiki Level 1 practitioner, and I was volunteering at a local animal shelter. I was also working my way through case studies, on my way to being certified as a canine massage therapist at the time, and I was just so excited about putting Reiki to good use during my volunteer shift at the shelter. And in my human-centric mode, thought that I would be the one choosing which symbol, as there are several, uh, think like heat and air settings on a hairdryer, to use in particular situations with different animals, different beings really, based on their needs. What shouldn't have been surprising to me became apparent, and true to what I was and still am at this point, as a Reiki practitioner, basically the cord that connects a toaster, think physical body, to Reiki, which is the outlet on the wall, through which the toaster, the body, draws the electrical current it needs in order to work, to recharge the batteries. In other words, I'm just along for the ride, but really in the best way possible. Because as Reiki is drawn in through my body, I get the secondary benefits from that. The dog with whom I was working was a recent addition to the shelter, having been abandoned after being used as a breeding dog in a backyard breeding situation. She had had numerous litters of puppies, all of whom were likely taken from her much too soon, and from all of whom the grief of separation for her had just really become too much. So... While I was starting off with what's known as the power symbol and thought perhaps about using the distant symbol, I became aware that this lovely being was gently leading me (laughs) to the energy 
that she knew would serve her best. It's always, always, always follow their lead. And so the symbol that was brought forward intuitively ended up being the mental and emotional symbol combined with the distant symbol. And so for the first few minutes, because I thought Reiki was perhaps different than canine massage therapy, as I said, where my job is to follow their lead, we had a a bit of a push-pull going on. Once I let go of my own expectations and allowed her energy to join with mine, she guided me to the facilitation of Reiki for her based on her highest and best good. She vocalized with what I can only describe as being like a keening wail that was born of all of her pent-up grief at the numbers of litters she had borne and from whom she was so violently separated. My job was to hold space for her, which I did my best to do. And after about 30 minutes of processing, she gave this wonderful, huge sigh of relief and fell fast asleep. And the shelter staff later told me that when they looked into the room where she and I were working together, they were astonished to see her so relaxed and close to me physically. The second experience was a cat who was in isolation due to several quite serious infections that I later learned were so significant that the veterinary staff didn't think she'd survive. And so I remember walking into this area, and initially, when I seek to offer Reiki to any being, there's a moment where my life force energy and theirs kind of seek each other out. And and so there's a, a partnering or a pairing of two souls that I actually feel. And as the Reiki practitioner, the offerer, if you will, the one doing the offering, it's my job to harmonize with that energy, no matter whose it is, and then to lead by following that energy, coupled with their highest and best good. And so with this particular cat, it was unique because I had trouble locating or feeling her life force energy, which in retrospect was because it really was at a very low level. I actually ended up walking away after a few minutes thinking, well, maybe it's not meant to be. And then a bit after that, I felt pulled to go back into the isolation area. I found her again and I restarted the offering of Reiki in a kind of field of Reiki way that can be used with animals in the wild if their energy is very much different than mine initially. It's rather than a one-on-one connection, you simply offer Reiki to the physical space where that body happens to be, and sometimes it is perceived to be less uh, invasive, I guess I would say. And so we stayed connected, this cat and I, for about 20 minutes or so, and I felt her body was just a bit stronger after that. And so I planned the next time I was there at the shelter to see her first, just so I could check up. The next time actually ended up being about two weeks after the initial session. And when I first came into the shelter door, the head vet saw me and said, I've got to show you something. I was feeling a bit apprehensive (laughs) because this was a new kind of modality for the shelter staff, and I was hopeful that this was going to be a good thing. And so we came into the area where a good majority of the shelter cats were all together 
in a cat colony kind of situation in a large multi-level group kennel. And when I walked up to the door of the kennel, this sweet girl kitty came bounding literally from the very back of the kennel and made her way straight for me. She started purring up a storm and rubbing against my hands and the head vet looked at me and said, even I don't get that kind of response. This cat had made such a huge recovery all on her own. And of course, the vet was delighted and naturally <laughs> very curious about this newish Reiki thing, which I shared with this lovely kitty who, from a medical perspective, for the vet, was her recovery was quite surprising. And so, because they're so conversant in all things energy, if we were to ask them, which I did, about spirituality, as humans know it, being a part of Reiki, what I received back in return was one of those, you might think, of adorable Aussie head tilts, as if to say, hmm, what? And don't even get me started, or them, on what some humans refer to as animal Reiki. As an aside, it is all Reiki. It's all based in energy. Only the form that is choosing to partner with an offer of Reiki is different. Animal Reiki is a marketing term, in my opinion, that can be used because humans are all about the fixing or the healing of other beings on the planet, to which most animals would shout, heal yourselves. And that's a funny thing, because Reiki really is all about self-healing, which humans are frankly not so keen on, despite a fair number of us saying that we want to be healed. We perceive healing to be maybe painful or require heavy lifting or other things that we think we can't or probably more accurately don't want to do. So sometimes it's easier to direct our own latent shadow aspects onto others and those who won't protest too much, which usually end up being other non-human verbal language speakers of all other animal species on earth. And it makes us feel good to think we have this kind of power to heal others. But what a healer does actually is to simply hold space for the entity who is doing the healing themselves. There's no fixing that is done, there is only guiding. There is no removing of entities that is done, only illumination of what does not serve. There is no imparting of grand wisdom, there is only finding places of resonance that serve the highest and best good. And those words in particular, highest and best good, form the basic underlying tenet in Reiki when it is offered using this intention to whomever it is offered. Using these somewhat magical words, it leaves it up to the recipient to either accept or reject the Reiki, depending upon what their needs are at that point in time. Reiki is not an energy that can be abused or misused because it only flows when the recipient has chosen, another magic word, to accept and embrace their own life force energy connection with the universe. Again, in this way, then, the person offering the Reiki truly is just the conduit, the cord that connects. And here's the thing about stating, as an article on the interwebs did recently that was written about Reiki by a non-Reiki attuned practitioner, which may or may not have had something to do with their perspective, that Reiki is a spiritual practice. From my perspective in the animals, it is not at all spiritual. 
It can't be that way authentically, and it's easy to see how humans would attempt to claim this energy for themselves as part of a so-called spiritual practice or spirituality itself. And here's why. The definition of spiritual, according to Merriam-Webster, is of, relating to, consisting of, or affecting the spirit. And then in all caps, incorporeal, and an antonym of incorporeal, its opposite is, of course, corporeal, meaning related to a physical material body. The body is the very vehicle for Reiki itself. As I've said before, the body will tell you everything you ever need to know about anything, anyone, any situation in your entire life experience. All we have to do is listen. So to say that Reiki, which is entirely energetically based on the functioning of the bioelectric field of energy, in metaphysics it would be called an aura, that surrounds all living beings on this planet, is something that doesn't have anything to do with the body at all, gets you the Aussie head tilt that I mentioned earlier. I've adopted a working premise in the Intuition Immersion Program that I channeled from the universe that humans are fond of and maybe feel obligated to interpret energy in a function-follows-form kind of way, rather than how animals work with energy, which is form-follows-function. The form-follows-function is a long-held design structure used by architects that means it's important to know the purpose a building serves so that the structure of the building, its outside, matches the purpose, the inside. And so humans say, I don't really care what's on the inside. I just care about how it looks on the outside and most importantly, how it works for me. And let's face it, it really is that way. We don't understand the function, mostly because we don't know how to communicate with it or them. Nor do we understand how it works with everything else because we're in such a hurry to take it apart how we see it to see how it then works for us so that the function, its essence gets pushed to the back and the way to use it, the form it takes, moves to the front. So that the animal's way of form follows function means that whatever energy is present has been created in direct correlation to whatever that purpose is. They just go with the flow of what is present and understand that this energy is going to shift and change likely multiple times. And to them, as Heraclitus said, change is the only constant. For humans, a fair number of us don't like change. So we'd rather the form be fixed and then we can decide what function we want it to serve. Which, of course, means that we're constantly moving all over the map, trying different things and erasing what's gone before, because we forget that change is the only constant. So, hello, science, anyone? And let's not forget our penchant for removing anything that we perceive to be magical or special, or relating to the divine, even outside of traditional religious applications, to the nebulous category we like to call spiritual. As our definition is about that being separate from the body itself, the animals would most vehemently disagree. After all, they say, how can you separate that which cannot be separated from itself? Soul from body and body from soul. This is energy. 
it's energy. They don't parse it out into soul and body. It just is one. And so if our definition of energy needs some work, so be it. They're on that one already. So if Reiki is imbued with such deep connection, form follows function for an individual that they understand their life purpose on a deeper level, and they understand their connection in a broader way that affects their interactions with all other species, the animals would say that that is the whole purpose of Reiki. As it is truly about self-healing, they can think of no better tool to use, at least That's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.